0: So I went to see the slate yesterday. Okay, and it's a very expensive ticket. Wait, how expensive is very expensive? A thousand and eighty-eight dollars. Were they good seats? Yeah, they're good seats. Okay, but we just went to the circus. I paid a thousand dollars to go to the circus.
1: You paid a thousand dollars to go
0: to the circus of the sun. We saw the circus. Why are you looking
1: down on the circus, Ting? You're such a snob.
0: I'm not. I just exist. I never... You know, when I grew up, the circus was very different.
1: Yeah, when I grew up, the circus was really cheap. When I was young, the circus was very cheap and just abused animals. They were just like, make this animal do something funny. Hit it with a stick until it does something funny. And it's a stank of shit, right? Well, yeah, because, you know, you're just hitting animals with sticks all the time. What do you expect? Nowadays, the only animals you either like hit with sticks are people. Technically, you're not really supposed to hit people with sticks either. <laughs> but, you know, if you're hitting them with a verbal stick, it leaves no mark, so... That's also not quite right <laughs> in today's society either. That's the real problem. <laughs> I, I'm just going to be clear. I don't condone this behaviour. This is a joke. This is satire, okay? This is satire. Okay, anyway, carry on. Times have changed a lot. In 20 years. In 20 years. What has changed? We've gone from... Is twenty years the last time you went to the circus? Then
0: probably yes. Okay, I feel like the circus has managed to move itself up market
1: dramatically. I, I think you still get the old school circus in the big top with you know with animals. Not with animals, maybe not with animals, but I don't. I think you do still get circus with animals in some places. Okay, so
0: circus is now up market, and given YouTube, I thought nothing could surprise me. But yes, I can still be surprised. Really, you may not be able to be. <laughs> you may not y- be. Able- you've
1: been to Cirque du Soleil before, though, haven't you? Yes. So, what was so surprising about it? There's stuff
0: which I still find makes me cringe. When they do, I think just don't do it. There's no reason for you to do that. They're just just don't do it. You know,
1: this is acrobatic feats, right? Yes, not that they're like shoving something somewhere. No, they're acrobatic that's feats. That's what they have in Bangkok instead, right? That's the other show that will surprise you because it's not allowed on YouTube. Sorry, I don't know why I, I, I went there. Sorry, sorry, oh, sorry.
0: So, Michael, so worldly. Oh, dear. So, you were saying you've seen two shows and you think that's enough for you. Well, I, I,
1: two Cirque du Soleil shows. I've actually never seen one of these dodgy shows in Bangkok, just to be clear. Just seen one other site, not YouTube. I, <laughs> I've seen two Cirque du Soleil shows. I've seen... O in Las Vegas, which is the one with the water stuff, the giant pool and the platforms going up and down. Were you impressed? Yes, that was very impressive. That one I'd wanted to see since I was 15 years old. There's like a whole selection of these things where, you know, when you're young and you like read about stuff and like, oh, I want to see that. And it becomes like a life goal, like a bucket list type thing. So seeing O in Las Vegas was one of them. And I went to see it and it was really good. And then... The other one was, I can't even remember what it's called, and it doesn't exist anymore. It's the Cirque du Soleil show that used to be in Macau, but it wasn't very popular. So, literally, when I went that time to see it, there were only two rows of people. So, literally, they just put us in the front row, and there was a row behind us, and that was it. So, it was just not popular. I don't know why, but... Was it impressive? It was nowhere near as impressive as O. And they also did kind of like flub a few of the stunts, as in they they went for like a grab on the trapeze and they just missed and fell into the net.
0: Well, that's what happens though. If, if no one's watching you and there's no momentum or energy, you kind of
1: you just don't feel the need to perform. Yeah. Whereas O was very impressive. O was just like, what's happening? I don't understand. This is crazy. I went
0: to see Carr at the MGM Grand and that one has a massive rotating platform. And they set the whole scene like that, so they'll represent like a shore, and they'll just tilt the platform a little bit, and they'll do a, ra- a run a chase scene, and they'll spin the whole platform on its side, and they'll run atop it. If you can imagine that.
1: is Carl the one that's got lots of sand? Yes, that must be hell on the mechanism like that must be like an engineering nightmare. I'm sure they've sealed it properly. I don't know, man. I, mean, I-, I guess you could argue that sand is easier to deal with than water. Which is what O is about. But then again, water doesn't like destroy things the same way that sand does. So
0: and I said to April, Oh, the idea of running away with the circus is so different today than it was 20 years ago.
1: <laughs> the idea of running away with the circus soleil and getting an excellent healthcare plan and a dietitian, I assume. Yeah, you get hotel rooms to live in as well if you're on tour. <laughs> <laughs> I ran away with the circus soleil and all I got was this suite at the Mandarin Oriental. Actually, I don't know if they really do that. I don't know what the life of the circus lay is. On no, that note, I'm satisfied. Now we've talked about our high
0: culture, low culture. It's always low culture here. Don't 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 try to
1: <laughs> always low
0: culture, always a lowbrow take on high culture. Yeah, we're not those people. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what do you mean, those people?
0: <laughs> we're not going to take a highbrow t- <laughs> view of high culture. Just to be clear, just here. to be clear, we're, this
1: is a show about video games. What do you expect?
0: can't say that either <laughs> you're just taking a stab at your own people
1: what do you mean your people <laughs>
0: sorry sorry well earlier this week you had one unfortunate event and given your how your eyes lit up when you
1: saw lint chocolate i'm not surprised yeah okay so we're, we're snacking on lint chocolate and i did comment that maybe i shouldn't be eating this given earlier events We we didn't talk about this but while I was in London a few weeks back, I was traveling for work. So I was staying in a hotel and the hotel had a buffet breakfast every morning that was included in the room rate. Right? So I felt like it would be a waste of money to not eat this breakfast every morning. And it was a really good like buffet breakfast with like a full English, you know, beans, sausages, bacon, black pudding, hash browns. And also like a continental breakfast and stuff. They had like smashed avocado, they had smoked salmon, they had croissants. It was like, it was so good. It was so good. Was the buffet breakfast self-serve? Yes, it was self-serve. Oh dear. It also included extras that you could order a la carte. So you could say, oh, I'd like the cinnamon French toast, please. Or I'd like some Eggs Benedict, please. And they would just bring you that as well. I mean, it was an epic breakfast. It was really good as well. Like, sorry, I'm just like gushing about this breakfast now. Because, you know, some of these buffet breakfasts, sometimes they have a really widespread, but... It's not actually that good quality. This one was a bit more focused, but it was really good quality. Like the hash browns were so good, for example. Like, Anyway, as you can tell, I really enjoyed this buffet breakfast. And after two weeks of eating a buffet breakfast every day... It's the hash browns, really, if I'm honest. (laughs) The impact on my waistline actually started to become problematic. I met up with some friends while I was in London, and we sat down for dinner. And I realised that my shirt was actually in danger of rupturing. So because it was London and it was cold, I was wearing a jumper, fortunately. So I actually had to undo my shirt buttons underneath my jumper to prevent an accident. Fast forward to a couple of weeks later when I'm back in Hong Kong and I've been trying to go on a diet in inverted commas to bring my excessive gut back under control. And I'm over at Ting's place for dinner because we were having, well, your family, the monster hunter crew, we're over visiting, so I came over for dinner and you ordered a very large amount of Szechuan food. And there was quite a lot left over because lots of people couldn't eat spicy. So I was just polishing off all the remaining food, which <laughs> is possibly a mistake. And then, pling, <laughs> my shirt buttons just like pop over. So embarrassing. April says you've got to stop getting the super slim tailor fit. Oh, but that would be admitting defeat. <laughs> I think I actually need to go on a, an actual diet now. I, I I thought two weeks of, you know, being a little less wanton with my eating might help bring it back under control, but clearly it wasn't enough. Do you still have the work buffet? <laughs> I've been I've been trying to not have the work buffet for lunch because of this. Yeah, but you still have been clearly. I did partake of the work buffet on Friday. That's one in five. That's fine. That's one in five. I think even one in five might be too much. I, I actually thought yesterday that I should just not eat at all, but then I caved and <laughs> had a Vietnamese like pork chop. Delicious. You should eat. Not eating is not
0: the option. Your cereal diet, I can, I can
1: appreciate. <laughs> the cereal diet's no good if it's all rice. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Welcome to Lost
1: Levels Club welcome to lost levels club
0: i have with me today sir michael
1: hello and myself tingothy
0: hi i don't usually do a hi do i (laughs) hi we're book club for games and today we are yay it's uh super mario galaxy no it's not super mario (laughs) galaxy it's super mario odyssey
1: (laughs) super mario odyssey i would say we should insert a jingle there but Maybe I will. Maybe I will. But they'll come down on us. I know they will. Well, they'll come down on us, whatever. Nintendo are jerks when it comes to copyright stuff, you know. They don't believe in fair use. They believe there's Nintendo use and the rest of you can GTFO. But whatever, (laughs) I'll just accept the copyright claim on the YouTube vid.
0: So, as we said last time round, when we were talking about this book club episode, we're going to cover the post-game. So, everything that happens after the Bowser boss battle.
1: Well, we're not explicitly just covering the post-game. We're just going to cover the game as a whole, right? We, we're not going to. We're not going to go. Oh, we're going to talk about this kingdom. We're going to talk about that kingdom. So, everything is in scope. Yes, yes, that's fair enough. If you care about spoilers for a game with next to no plot which actually, weirdly, I do. So, you know, I understand where you're coming from. If you care about knowing what the kingdoms are, if you care about knowing what unlocks at different numbers of power moons, etc., well, it will be spoiled. So, go and play Super Mario Odyssey. But otherwise...
0: let us go So, as we were playing this in your first playthrough, you mentioned that
1: it's like a tutorial. Yes. The game, up until... You actually complete the game is pretty much a tutorial to the point where it's really frustrating. It's constantly, you know, you, you'll go from one kingdom to the next and you'll be on the Odyssey with Cappy and Cappy would be like, let's review the controls. This is how you do a long jump. And I'm like, I know Cappy. I've just done 600 of them. Please just let's have a cup of tea in silence. You know, can you imagine? I don't want to go on holiday with you. <laughs> I'll, I'll be there on holiday with Ting and Ting will be, let's review itinerary. <laughs> and I'll be like, Ting, please no. Just let me enjoy my drink.
0: I can really imagine that, which is really off-putting, upsetting.
1: <laughs> I just might have a quick cry right now. <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. As long as you're not like, let's review how to walk. This is how you put one foot in front of the other, then lift the back foot and put it in front again. This is how you fell over, Mike. (laughs) So, you actually only need around 120 moons to finish the game, which is kind of interesting, because 120 is actually what you need to 100% the earlier 3D Mario games. But in this one, that is the bare minimum. But there's just so many moons, like the total number of moons, the, the number of moons that I've actually hidden for you to find is 880, which is more on the order of the number of cork seeds in Breath of the Wild. 880, that is a lot. But consider what you really got by the end of it. I, I think I actually only found like barely even half of them, to be honest, because I bought a load of moons too. You seem shocked by this. Yes. Yeah, I got. I just got fed up. I was like, unlock Darker Side. Buy moons. Just buy all the moons. I had loads of coins. Does the cost of a moon not grow exponentially as you buy them? No, the moons just always cost a hundred coins, and you can buy them in sets of ten. If you've got over a thousand coins, you can just buy ten moons at a time. Yeah. So in fact, I should comment. There are two secret kingdoms as well. So there are the kingdoms you unlock in the normal process of finishing the game which will take you about 120 moons. Then there's dark side of the moon at 250 moons, and then the darker side at 500 moons. And after that, the next breakpoint is 880. I don't think it's actually 880 moons the number. I think it's actually find all of the moons other than the ones you have to buy, at which point you get like true ending, in inverted commas. And there's another version of the Bowser boss fight and then obviously 999 moons, which is everything. And for that you get, well, it just puts a giant hat on the castle in the Mushroom Kingdom. So that's how you know you've got it all. I think theoretically you could actually get about 2,000 something moons. Because you could buy 99 moons at every shop that sells you power moons. But that doesn't actually get you anything. I think the last thing that really unlocks is at 999.
0: So I wanted to talk about our paths up to this stage and then beyond to end of the game. So I finished the game. Actually, what I wrote down is incorrect because I need 250 moons to unlock the dark side of the moon. So presumably I I would have to start replaying some and then jump off to the dark side.
1: Yeah, I think we probably both took a similar path, even though you might not remember that you took the similar path. But we would have played through the game We probably actually got more than 120 moons at the end, because I think both of us probably got more than the minimum required moons in each kingdom as we were playing them. But then, finish the game, takes you to the Mushroom Kingdom, you get a whole bunch of moons there, you go back and explore some of the other kingdoms. At some point, you'll get 250, and then it will say, the Odyssey can go somewhere new, and you'll go to the dark side of the moon. Then you can play the dark side, and then you'll go back and do some more kingdoms and unlock more moons and then hit 500 at which point it will unlock the darker side so that is what i did i went back and i played maybe the first like three or four kingdoms again until i got 250 did dark side and finished it then went back and played the next kingdoms until i got 500 and then went and did darker side
0: i did pretty much the same the only difference was i continued doing all the
1: kingdoms before going to the darker side i mean one thing to note as well is that After you finish the game, as in after you defeat Bowser, it actually adds loads of moons to each kingdom. So, part of the ending of the game, you take control of Bowser, you're smashing up the moon as you try and escape, and it causes loads of moon rocks to fall into all of the kingdoms. And once that happens, you can smash these moon rocks, and it will release a whole load of new moons into each kingdom. So it's actually not even possible to get a whole bunch of these moons until you finish the game. but Which I thought was actually a really neat way of doing it. When you've got so many moons that you're trying to cram in here, there's the danger of, you know, like the density of moons is going to become so extreme that you'll just be tripping over a moon every, like, five minutes. Well, I mean, you kind of already are. So, by adding them in in a second sprinkling, it means that the density is relatively lower the first time you go through. And then... You know, you've collected those moons already. So when you come back the second time, there's new moons for you to get. Also, some of the new moons, I think the expectation is that you'll know more tricks by that time. Like, you know what to look out for, or you'll be able to do more advanced, like movement, tech. Anyway. So did we want to
0: talk about one of the big
1: new mechanics for Odyssey? Yeah, I think we should. Because what do each of the 3D Mario games have as their defining mechanic like what makes them different Mario 64 was the first 3D Mario game, I mean that in itself was a huge thing Sunshine had Flood the water backpack jetpack thing Galaxy had the crazy gravity movement and Odyssey has Are you just going to just neglect the one that doesn't fit your model? (laughs) (laughs) Of course I am Fine well, no, no, no. Okay, if you want me to mention it, 3D World was kind of like 3D Land. It's not, in my opinion, it's not a 3D game in the same way that 64 and Sunshine and Galaxy were. You are not kind of over the shoulder playing Mario. It's actually more of like a diorama type game. So, to my mind, 3D World just doesn't count. Okay. And so Odyssey... It's the... uh, We we say possession mechanic. (laughs) So you just put your demon hat on their head and it just sucks out their soul and replaces it with yours. The game doesn't like to use these terms, though. So what does it use? Capture. Capture. It makes it sound like Pokemon or something. I mean, Pokemon is slavery, too, so it's not really much better. But, yes, the capture mechanic. There are 52 things you can capture in Super Mario Odyssey. We both actually only found 46, though so when we were chatting about it before, it transpires we have a different 46. <laughs> Since I got a taxi, you didn't get the taxi, no, but you it, got a cactus. No, I didn't get the cactus. Okay, we both didn't get the cactus then. So goodness knows which ones we were each missing, but we both missed a few. I don't think we missed any important ones. I think we missed like weird background object ones rather than... I didn't know
0: you could capture piranha plants. But you can capture piranha plants? <laughs> you can capture piranha plants. <laughs> How do you do that? Once you've fed them a rock and they're stunned, you can throw your cap at them.
1: I did not know that. Nor did I. Wow. Okay, well, today I learned. Any particular favourite captures? Wiggler. The Wiggler was so good. That was genius. It's designed very well because it doesn't
0: get in its own way, which I thought it might. And that would get really
1: annoying. The Wiggler was incredibly well designed. It's such a cool idea. What is the Wiggler? Okay, so the wiggler is the caterpillar-type thing you find in the Lost Kingdom. And when you capture it, its body is kind of like an accordion, concertina-type thing, and it plays this like funny noise as it extends. And then when you let go of the action button, if its front legs are on a platform, its back legs will scooch up and meet up with the front. Or if the front legs are hanging in the air, then it will, like, reverse instead and go back the other way. So you can use it to kind of traverse long gaps or fit into tight spaces. What did did you like? I just really like some of the unexpected ones. Like, there's a slab of meat you can possess. It's really weird. Like, you climb up to the top of this mountain where they're cooking this giant stew. And there's a huge salt-crusted slab of meat. And you just possess it and sort of, like, flop into this cooking pot. It's, like, nuts. Who comes up with this stuff? I thought the bird was smart. I don't remember the name. Pokeo. Poke. This is the, the bird with a pokey beak. Yeah. yeah. The beak just like stabs out like a rapier and just impales things. And then you can kind of sproying yourself. Sproying is probably not a <laughs> verb. You can, you can kind of... There's quite a few things in the game that actually uses mechanic. Like the forks and the poles. You can kind of bend them and then when you let go it kind of goes boing and like flips you in a direction so the bird can stab things with its beak and also when it stabs it into like a surface like a plank of wood it can kind of propel itself up as well using that flick mechanic
0: so remember there was what there are some levels that just test that ability and i thought that's very clever
1: yeah it's it's quite interesting because you start to see the level in a different way. Like, you realise, oh, I can kind of traverse over here by using the beak. I mean, most notably, obviously, in Bowser's Kingdom, which is where the bird is first introduced. Okay, my next one, Glide On. I don't understand why you're so
0: up in arms about this one.
1: It's just so weird. What the hell is this thing? It's kind of like this weird lizard thing. Okay, I'm calling out this one, not because I think it's a cool mechanic. I'm calling out this one because I'm like, what the hell? It's this weird lizard that speaks in this weird caricatured accent that I can't tell is offensive or not. And it kind of just, like, flies or glides really badly, like, in a really frustrating way. Like, if you turn, you lose a load of height. It's not, like, really freeing, like, the wing cap in Mario 64 or something it's just said this like really frustrating lame flight by this weird lizard thing that's obsessed with gliding really badly
0: wasn't that I don't
1: think <laughs> I didn't find it that offensive <laughs> it's not offensive it's it's not really offensive I just thought it was weird it's like he's going yay gliding gliding wee and I'm like for someone who cares so much about gliding you're not very good at it I think I'm still bitter after Darker Side as well, where there's a section where you have to use the glide on, and you have to basically not turn, even if it means just ploughing into one of these weird fly enemies. Because if you turn, you don't have enough height, and then, like, heartbreakingly getting to the end, you're just, like, ploughing straight into the side of this lava wall instead, because you lost too much altitude. Frustrating. It wasn't that hard. I don't know if you're doing it right, if I'm honest. Well, I I had to learn to not turn, because the first few times I did it, I was trying to turn to avoid, like, these flies. So we'll get to this later. But... You know, I realised if you try and avoid the flies, you just lose too much height. And instead, you have to just, like, every now and then, you have to just tank it and just take the hit. Too bad. Sorry, sorry. Anyway.
0: I don't have any other ones. I mean, there's some predictable ones. T-Rex was disappointing because they made such a big deal out of that. <laughs>
1: the disappointing? Yeah, okay, fine. It was a bit weird. The, the T-Rex is the only one where... Cappy goes, I can't control anymore, and you like lose it. It's like time limited. The rest of them you can just hold on to as long as you like. That was a weird thing, actually, mechanically. Like, why do they do that? Because it kind of seems to imply that for all of them you're gonna lose control. But the T-Rex is the only one where that happens, as far as I know. I also really like the podaboo, which is the weird lava bubble thing that can swim around in well, in lava. Like I actually thought that was really cool. Like having seen them in so many other Mario games and they are just... Well, they're kind of like an inanimate object. It's kind of funny that they've got little eyes and then you can capture one and then swim around in the lava. I really liked that. I thought it was clever and cool. And also, it kind of inverts the level from a mechanic standpoint because usually it's like, oh, this is solid land. This is deadly lava. Don't touch it. And instead it's like, whoa, this is like lovely floaty lava. Don't touch that terrible solid land. And you
0: talk about the glide on being hard to control. I really found the Podoboo really hard to control.
1: The Podoboo did also have its frustrating moments. Like, its momentum when it's jumping and then if you, like, brush against the side of the thing you lose too much horizontal. Yeah. They, in fact, they have opposite problems effectively.
0: <laughs> Do you have anything to add? I I think I could talk all day about the, the creatures we could capture. Yeah, I,
1: there's so many you could talk about but that's enough of a flavour of it. I mean, the main thing is that that is... The primary mechanic of the game. Throwing the cap. Capturing stuff.
0: I was surprised I had to capture Yoshi rather than... Just ride on Yoshi. Yes.
1: Yeah, that's kind of weird too, actually. (laughs) That's kind of strange. Cappy and the whole, like, Bonneton thing. Like, all of those... It's kind of horrifying when you think about it. It's really... They are really weird. You know, like, possessed hats that will just take over your body... You could write a horror movie about this. Yes. Is there anything you can't possess? Everything is just protected by one hat. That's it. Well, there are things where you can throw the hat at them and it doesn't knock their hat off. So, like, you can't possess toad, for example. Like, none of the toads will let you not possess a hat, them. Is it? Is it a hat? Oh, <laughs> isn't that a <the> big discussion? <laughs> I hadn't thought of it like that. Yeah, you're right. Maybe they're like the The actual mushroom bit of their head is a hat. I hadn't thought of that. I was also th- I was thinking mostly of the rabbits on the moon and the dog, the little Shiba Inu, because both of those are wearing adorable little hats. And when you hit them, they just kind of spin around, and their hat stays on their head, so you can't possess either of those. If I could possess the sheep, oh, jeez, yeah, I think it's so funny that the sheep obviously has to be wearing a little hat to indicate that you can't possess it. But that hat is glued on, man. Anything else? The other thing that the hat enables is your movement, because this is significantly different to the other Mario games. So you can throw the hat and you can bounce off the hat. And as a side effect of the action button being mapped to throw the hat, it also means that some of the moves have to be executed differently this time around, which, as someone who had played a lot of Mario games in the past, this caused me a great deal of mental difficulty. Particularly when you're running and jumping and then you want to do the dive, you have to now ground pound and then push action to do the dive. Because if you push the action button, you actually just throw the hat. It took me a long time to like reprogram myself to this is how it worked. Because often I'd be like running and jumping and throw the hat. And I'd be like, no, I wanted to dive. And then I just fall into an abyss. But once you've mastered, in inverted commas, using Cappy, it does enable a lot of things that you couldn't do
0: before. You mentioned there's some sort of lag that you felt. Or the controls didn't feel responsive enough. This was a few weeks ago. So, looking back, do you think that's more to do with how you've been brought up on Mario Games, or
1: do you think that's something to do with the... It's really hard, because I can't quite say what the problem was, but I know that I had a lot of difficulty for a long time with a whole bunch of the moves, and then at some point, it just stopped happening. And I can't tell if it was like a muscle memory thing, or I was doing something slightly wrong, and I just learned to not do that anymore. So... Some concrete examples would be the whole kerfuffle around long jumping, because there's a whole bunch of moves that require you now to push the duck button. You can roll, you can long jump, you can backflip, and I would often find the game doing what in my mind, was the wrong thing. Like, I would try and do a long jump, and instead i just end up doing a backflip. And I'd be like, why would you do a backflip? I was trying to do a long jump to get some speed. And instead, now I've just done a backflip, and that was slow, and I'm going to lose this Cooper free-running event. So, I don't know. At some point, it just stopped happening. I don't know if it's because I was just, like, pushing the controls wrong. Like, maybe if you push backwards on the stick while you try and jump, and I was just subconsciously doing it. I'm not sure. But, yeah, I definitely to begin with felt like the controls were not as like tight as Super Mario 64 like i definitely felt mario would occasionally do things that surprised me or i didn't mean to do and that has definitely diminished as i have played more of the game so maybe maybe it was my fault i don't know or maybe i just learned don't do that because that you know button sequence is ambiguous and the game interprets this way and just do this other thing instead I certainly started using the roll move a lot more, and I think that probably helped because it just meant my forward momentum was much higher. And so the game would unambiguously interpret it as me wanting to do a long jump. But I don't know. I mean, did you have any trouble with this? You you just had no idea what I was talking about. Everything seemed slightly slow or off. So
0: the backflip, which was really easy to do in Mario 64...
1: Mm, yeah, it's not a reliable move. That's yeah. I actually just stopped trying to do the backflip. I think that's probably one of the major things too. Like the backflip and the side flip, I just stopped trying to do them because you you should be able to do the backflip whilst moving, but now you can't. You can't. Yeah.
0: But then you're taught to use the ground pound jump.
1: Yeah, that's the alternative. Exactly. Exactly. Like they've kept the backflip and side flip in because you expect them because they're in the previous games, but they're not reliable anymore. And if you watch a lot of People who are like YouTubers or streamers or whatever, you see that they usually do the ground pound jump to get height from a standing start rather than trying to do the backflip or the side flip. Probably because the ground pound jump is 100% effective, whereas the others occasionally Mario just do something completely unexpected. Actually, you know, since we're talking about controls now as well, motion controls, let's address the elephant in the room. Why? Why would you do this, Nintendo? Have you not learned your lesson?
0: But it's only one move you can't do without motion controls, right?
1: No. Well, mm, what do you have to use motion controls for? So there's the homing cap throw, where you throw the hat and then shake the controller and it will home in on the nearest enemy. There's throwing the cap up and throwing the cap down. So you can throw the cap up, like diagonally up or diagonally down. By flipping the Joy-Cons both up or down. I I didn't know that. And there's also just generally shaking the controller. So if you shake the Joy-Cons, you shake the Pro Controller. Or if you shake your Switch, if you're using it in like handheld mode. That often unlocks stuff too. So with the Bullet Bill, it makes you fly faster. With the Frog, it makes you jump higher, for example. So that move as well is motion control only. Sometimes... A motion control is actually emulated by pushing the Y button. So to begin with, I thought you had to shake the controller to do the roll. But it actually turns out if you just spam the action button, you'll also do the roll. So things like that you can actually do with the controller or even the weird spinning hat throw. I thought you had to just like shake the controller like a lunatic but actually it turns out if you twirl the thumbstick mario will start spinning and then you can throw the hat to do the spinning hat throw twirling
0: the thumbstick is harder than just shaking the controller though
1: yeah it is harder and it takes a bit longer but at least you can do it it's not the same no i mean i really don't think that there should be any controls that are motion control only in my opinion i i think forcing motion controls on people is a major misstep by nintendo but they've been doing it for multiple console generations now it's really funny because they're doing it in the name of accessibility you know they're doing it because they think shaking controls is fun and that kids will enjoy it more but they're actually turning a lot of people off too i mean shaking the controller is actually quite hard on your joints you know and for for people who are getting a bit older it's actually quite annoying to have to like, waggle this controller all the time I'd much rather, you know, be able to sit in a relaxed position and just push buttons. I don't want to have to, like, wiggle my arms around. It's tiring. I'm going to get arthritis. I mean, what if I actually did have arthritis and I wouldn't be able to do it full stop? Anyway, rant over. Or at least, rant on pause. (laughs)
0: Should we start talking about the Kingdoms? Yeah, right. Let's let's go through kingdoms. We're not going to go through all of them, right? We're just going to only mention those that had something we wanted to talk about. Yes. So we start off in the wooded kingdom. So I was surprised when there was a whole section underneath the level. You didn't seem too fussed about this like I was.
1: I think I had seen it already at E3. Because I watched a lot of the E3 coverage of Mario Odyssey. And as a result, I saw them go into this hidden bit, the deep woods.
0: So it was clear how you would access it?
1: I'm trying to think how I did find it, actually. I think I didn't realise you got to it just by like falling off a level, or I'd forgotten that. But at the same time, I knew it existed, so it wasn't surprising. I was like, oh, I'm I'm in the deep woods, fine.
0: I was astounded by that. I could have missed the whole section of the map. And it's not... Even shown on the map. So even when you're in the deep woods and you pull up the map again, it just says you're in this corner.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's a little bit hidden. It is a little bit secret.
0: But not secret enough.
1: Not secret enough. Yeah. It wasn't secret enough to impress me. Try harder, Nintendo. Yeah, sorry.
0: <laughs> Fine. That's all I had for the uh, the Wooded Kingdom. So we're going to scooch... Scooch? Go straight to um, the Metro Kingdom, which... Everyone was talking about.
1: Everyone was talking about the Metro Kingdom. The Metro Kingdom was the, was the one that got all the press as well, because it's the weird, like, wait a minute, if this is what humans look like, what's Mario? <laughs> yeah, New Donk City. It's like New York, but in Mario. So, I wanted just to bring up
0: the theatre, where you get to play through... Super Mario Brothers it's like I think it's the first level as I'm told because I don't recall it that well and maybe you would
1: better but I don't recall it because I didn't discover this I didn't find this at all yeah I didn't know about this but you've seen it? I have seen it now because I watched a YouTube video but I did not know this existed I did not find this moon yeah that's really cool I wish I had found it and the other one which Everyone talks about
0: th- this moon on Metro Kingdom. It's the bloody jump rope challenge.
1: Okay, so for this one, I got thirty jumps, which is the first moon. The next moon is a hundred. It's a hundred, yeah. I did not get a hundred. Did you try though? I tried a hundred. I got to at like fifty, and then I just would make a mistake. But
0: after fifty, it's at the same pace. There's
1: no increase of. There's no increase in frequency. Well, all I can say is that whatever happened at 50 was enough to trip me up, so I just couldn't do it. I mean, I didn't try that many times. It's more that there were other moons I could get that were more fun and easier than me just practicing jump rope for. Yeah, certainly. There are certainly more fun things to do. So you did it. Yeah, I did it. How long did it take you? An hour. An hour? (laughs) Maybe. Yeah, an hour. Wow, I'm glad I didn't do that. That's terrible. This is the one where... There used to be a glitch where you could just hover in the air. Yes. And people were getting scores of 99999. And then they patched the glitch out. And they actually... Did you see that they actually... They didn't even reset the leaderboards. They just made a new leaderboard for it. I thought that was quite nice. There's, like, Jump Rope. And there's, like, Jump Rope Plus or something. Which is, like, the new leaderboard since they fixed the glitch.
0: That's quite nice. That's yeah.
1: That's creative thinking. I thought that was quite good.
0: Yeah, I was told that... Oh. The problem with doing the jump rope challenge is that your Mario jump is inconsistent depending on your button press. So you can just jump on the scooter and just jump using the scooter. No matter how hard you press that jump button, it's a consistent jump. Oh, is that the key? No, I did not do that. You didn't do but that. I did try it. <laughs> okay. And when you finish Metro Kingdom, there's a really cool 2D level celebration thing with oh, yeah. music and things.
1: That is Cool. You find the musicians for Pauline and then Mayor Pauline sings Jump Up Superstar while you kill a giant gorilla in cold blood. You just murdered Donkey Kong, the namesake of the city, (laughs) in this celebration of, (laughs) I don't know, I don't know how to put this. But yeah, that was cool. Now you put it like that. It (laughs) sounds cooler. now, Now we talk about celebrating the murder of an innocent creature.
0: So next up. ...is the Snow Kingdom. I think what impressed me was that... ...similar to what you mentioned about the Podaboo, ...where by capturing him... ...it... ...the whole level was turned upside down... ...and the bits that
1: you couldn't navigate... Are, ...are the only pieces you can navigate. To be clear... ...what thing are you talking about capturing here? Typhoon. So this is the big cloud thing that's blowing... ...a tornado in front of it... ...and can move blocks around by blowing.
0: Yeah, but also you could navigate the whole map... Yes, you can fly around. Yes, which I was really impressed by because that was the first time I came across that. Because this comes before the launching kingdom, so at that moment, yes, I found that very impressive.
1: Yeah, it's quite a strange kingdom because so much of it is underground, and there's like these little areas to unlock, like the racetrack.
0: Tell um, me about the. What did you think of the racetrack? Did you bother with the the bounce race? Yeah. yeah.
1: I finished it. You didn't find it too frustrating? Not especially frustrating. I did them. I wish they were more... It was more intuitive. I think I didn't quite understand them. I don't quite understand if bouncing makes you go faster or slower. What are these creatures called? Yeah, what are they? They're like weird... A weird mix between a seal and the (laughs) Abominable Snowman. Oh, jeez, I don't know. Actually, you know, we haven't mentioned any of the creatures. We haven't mentioned any of the creatures or the costumes. I mean, I don't know if we should do that at the end, but... L- let's talk about that at the end. Yes. Let's talk about it at the end. Next was Seaside Kingdom, which I really liked. I know this is a very Mario kingdom for me. The Seaside Kingdom was actually surprisingly big as well. So there were quite a few kingdoms where when I went and played them the second time round, I discovered a whole bunch of checkpoints I actually didn't have the first time round. So this kingdom was actually really huge. I mean, which is kind of the opposite of the of the Snow Kingdom, which came just before it. This one is just really wide and it's really deep. There's like lots of underwater bits. There's lots of like weird bits on the cliff. There's the cool octopus enemy, which is kind of like giving you the jetpack from Super Mario Sunshine. You can like boost up and you can boost along.
0: Once you start exploring the water, that's when it just opens up and it's quite impressive. There's no attempt to lead you there. It's all up to you. This kingdom
1: evoked the same feeling in me. That I had with Super Mario 64's wet dry land where I thought I'd seen it all. And then I happened to just like pull on this thread and discovered this whole other area that I didn't know existed. So in this case, it was obviously this whole massive underwater area, like this whole like ocean trench. Yeah, I totally didn't see it coming.
0: So as a result of the moon rock getting deposited in each kingdom. Those are chimneys arise from the ground, right? And those chimneys can... I don't know what you want to call them. Everyone's
1: been been calling them chimneys. Yeah, like, in the same way that you get the green warp pipes, you get these grey pipes that are made of moon rock. So, yeah, chimney. And
0: within these, there's challenges. And within each challenge, there's always two moons. There's the standard moon, and then there's, like, a second hidden moon. There's one I thought was really clever. Do you remember the... The challenge where you're navigating a maze and collecting five
1: moon pieces? Yeah, I remember this one.
0: And did you find the hidden moon? Yeah, I found the hidden moon. It was just under the maze? It's under the but maze. I thought
1: that was really clever. Something I thought that was quite funny is that there's two of these mazes. And in the first one, the moon is hidden on top of the maze. And in this second one, it's hidden underneath the maze.
0: So, you know, all these challenge levels have that set up, that framework. And I think that was quite good. Because although some were hidden, I knew they were... You knew that there was going to be a hidden one. I still couldn't find a couple. You know, that was my question to you was, did you always find the hidden one? Did you always look for it? Did you bother?
1: Yeah, I would always find the hidden one because I knew there would be a hidden one. I can tell you, the one time I didn't find the hidden one, which I guess we'll have to get to later, is the invisible road, the one where there's all the piranha plants yacking up poison. And, well, we'll get to that in a bit. Okay.
0: And then there's another challenge, which is harder than the jump rope challenge, I thought. Oh, jeez. Which is the volleyball challenge. It's just so
1: slow. It just takes so
0: long. But you can cheat.
1: You can cheat?
0: I just used Cappy. So I two-player mode. I just used Cappy to return the ball because Cappy moves much quicker. Clever. Yeah, but I'm so dedicated to these, to these stupid things. I didn't do this one.
1: I mean, this one, again, is it 30 and then 100? Yeah. Really, a 100? Yeah. I didn't even get 30. I tried this one, I got like 5, and I was like, ugh, screw this. There are other moons to get. Bye. We can move on to your uh, your favourite kingdom. Can we say that? The Luncheon Kingdom? Yeah. It's, it's a strange one, because on the one hand, I really liked it, but on the other hand, I really didn't put very much time into it the first time around. Like, I didn't realise until after I'd finished the game, and... You know, after you finish the game, in the Mushroom Kingdom, there are a whole bunch of portraits that let you fight the boss battles again. And I fought a boss battle, and I was like, I don't remember this. And it's because I never actually finished the Luncheon Kingdom the first time round. I got the minimum required moons to move on, and I just moved on. So the first time I actually fought the boss was the hard mode of the boss that you get in the Mushroom Kingdom, surprisingly. But if you didn't finish it first time round, what about the moons you would have got?
0: Oh, there were no moons for killing the boss first time round.
1: No, there are. You get three moons, but you don't need those moons to get the required number to move on. You just need to get like 14 moons to move on. And, you know, they're expecting you critical path to go and get the three from the boss to get that 14. But I just found enough secret ones that I already had 14. I was just like, all right, I'm going to come back here later. So, yeah, I missed a lot of it. But I thought it was a really cool level. Like, I thought it was very strange, the aesthetic of it. It's weirdly low poly and it's really weird in technicolor. Like it's really brightly colored. The lava is all like pink blancmange or something. It's very strange, but I don't know. I just thought it was cool. I I think my actual favorite kingdom for the look of it is of course the dark souls kingdom, AKA the ruined kingdom. Like, This was such a surprise. I totally did not see this coming. You literally are, well, you're floating along the Odyssey and you get shot out of the sky by Bowser and you end up in somewhere that really looks like a Dark Souls level and you have to fight like an ancient dragon that's just shooting lightning bolts at you. Again, it's a very Dark Souls-like boss. I was kind of disappointed that you didn't get to possess the dragon and then fly to the next kingdom as the dragon. That's a great idea. Yeah, it feels like they missed a the trick. I actually wonder if originally that was the idea, but then they realised, wait, how's the Odyssey going to get there then? Because you know, the whole game is about the Odyssey. Well, we can talk more about that later. But yeah, it seemed like a missed opportunity that you don't get to possess this massive dragon. It's also kind of funny. It's like, wait, did I just kill that dragon? But then the dragon's kind of just like sleeping. It's like, oh, so tired. And it's like, oh, okay. So it's still PG thirteen. And then. Bowser's kingdom. This was cool as well, I thought. Again, the look. I, I'm i focusing a lot on the look of the kingdoms, I guess, rather than the, the mechanics in them, surprisingly. But this kingdom looked really good. I think normally the aesthetic is kind of like a western castle, like a western fairy tale castle. And this was a take on it as like an eastern shogun instead. It's like Bowser with a Japanese castle instead. The look was really cool. It had all like the zen gardens, like, you know, raked stones and then the weird kind of chroma clouds. Did you jump on the flagpoles? Yes. Yes, I did. So you got the crazy star that's like at the end of this line of flagpoles. Yes. Yeah. That was nuts. That's very clever. Yeah. I did not. I totally did not expect that. I was like, seriously? Like, it's only when I saw the star at the end, I was like, seriously? We haven't even talked about the cables either. Oh, the electric cables.
0: <sighs> yeah, but they're not that big a
1: deal. The, the electric cables are kind of like the stand-in for the launch stars in Galaxy. Because, you know, in Galaxy you've got, like, distinct islands of level, and then you get boosted from one to the other by the launch stars. And the cables in this Bowser Kingdom are particularly like that. You jump on this electric point, and it just shoots you up to the next kind of island, the next kind of mini castle. Anyway, the moon...
0: So the first thing you notice, there's less gravity. Yeah.
1: It's not fun. (laughs) It's really jarring. It's like suddenly all the skills you've learned up to now are just kind of wrong because the gravity's just off. And they still ask of you to capture a rabbit. Capture a rabbit, not in the possession capture sense, but just catch the rabbit to get a moon. The only thing I mentioned here was the trace walk. This is one that people call out a lot, like as one of the harder moons, the stupid Cooper Trace walking. I don't think anybody, like, you know, there's Cooper free running. It's like, whoa, cool, like parkour, get to the ending fast as you can. And then Cooper Trace walking, let's walk very carefully in a perfect circle. It's annoying. It took me a lot of tries to get this one. Something I found particularly annoying is for all of these, You have to do it twice because there's two moons. One of them has like a minimum rating of 70 required to get it, is it? And the other one's 90. And the thing I find most frustrating is the first time you do it, you get like 92. And I'm like, yeah, I rock. And you get the first moon. And then you have to do it again. And the second time you get like 88 or something. And you're like, but I already got 90. Give me my moon. No comments about the wedding.
0: Not really. I just switched off. I just switched
1: off. I thought it was cool. You can see like the wedding chapel in the distance and you run in and burst in. There's no one conducting the ceremony. It's literally just like, it's a really weird scene you burst in on because like Bowser is kind of trying to push the ring onto Peach and she's trying to push the ring back. Or is it like she's trying to grab the ring? I don't know, but they've each got their hands on this gigantic ring and whatever you interrupt the ceremony and then you have the big boss fight and you end up capturing Bowser. That's also quite a funny moment where you take control of Bowser and you get to breathe fire and smash through giant rocks. And then, yeah, the ending, which was fun. You don't seem convinced.
0: Why? Why? I don't understand why you have such high expectations for everything,
1: bar the story. <laughs> the story. <laughs> it's like, it's an exception. The story the story's like Garbo Jankfest, whatever. It's a Mario game. What story do you expect? The story is ridiculous, though. I mean, the story is... It just starts out 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 of nowhere, too. Like, the game, if you remember, literally starts with you getting blown up by Bowser on his gigantic ship, and you lose your hat. Like, the story starts out completely crazily with no context anyway, and you just end up in this kingdom of magical hats that can possess people. And then the entire chase is literally that Bowser has hired some expensive wedding planners from the moon and they're going and collecting all the finest wedding paraphernalia like, you know, you're collecting the amazing cake you're collecting the amazing stew you're collecting the gigantic wedding ring with like a diamond that's bigger than like a person so you're collecting all of these things for the wedding reception and ceremony and then you just bust in and (laughs) interrupt the wedding Well, I don't know what can I say I mean it's no worse than the plot of any of the other Mario games. Fine. It's it's once again the very cliché the princess gets kidnapped and you have to rescue her. But you seek
0: improvement in every other aspect of the game except the narrative, which is fair enough.
1: Ooh, it's what? just
0: you love stories so much, I, I just, thought. I just expect a little bit more.
1: I think you're allowed to just... Well, no, no, no. What am I expecting from a game? I think it depends on the game. Yeah, for a Mario game, I'm not expecting anything of the story. I'd be surprised... If they put a lot of effort into the story. So, once you've controlled
0: Bowser and you've... What what do you do? You have to smash up the... You're
1: just smashing your way out of the moon. And you make the moon rocks fall and whatever. And then you get the ending where... You know, you and Bowser are both trying to foist flowers upon Peach. And she's just like, ugh, get lost. Both of you. She takes the Odyssey back home. And then you jump kick Bowser in the face and leave him to die on the surface of this airless satellite while you fly up and throw your cap into the camera. It's the end. woo And then, surprisingly, it's not the end. You land in the Mushroom Kingdom. This was cool and unexpected. This was like, ah, oh, there's more to this game after all. Because up until this point, i got to admit, I was thinking... I do not get why everyone says Mario Odyssey is so good. Like, it's fun, it's good, but it's not great. I mean, a lot of it maybe is just me being unfair and conflating a lot of the discovery of, you know, the first time you play a 3D Mario game. And obviously you're never going to have that kind of experience again. But I didn't really get what the deal was with Mario Odyssey until we landed in the Mushroom Kingdom. And then I was like, ah. this was unexpected. I did not see this coming.
0: was just landing on the mushroom Kingdom enough for you to renew your interest?
1: yeah, it was enough to renew my interest. I mean landing in the mushroom Kingdom seeing the classic castle from Mario 64 yeah you know, I mean the mushroom King was just like all fan service I mean you, you found... just you
0: just want fan service
1: <laughs> well, actually it's dangerous to have too much nostalgia you know I think if the game is just trading purely off its nostalgia that's really disappointing too but It was nice to have a bit of nostalgia. You know, you find Yoshi on the roof. You get the music. The music. You go into the castle and you see that, Hey, it's like the foyer from the castle in Mario 64. And you think, I wonder what happens if I look up to where the red cap was and you look up and you get a moon for it. You know, they, they knew, you know, that people would do that and they did it deliberately. It was, it was really nice in that sense. And then also, once you do move on, it stops giving you the stupid movement tutorials between every kingdom as well. So that was nice too. That was like, okay, you've made it. Officially, training wheels are off. Go do your thing. Did you
0: say this? So instead of being moons, they're now stars?
1: Yes. In the Mushroom Kingdom specifically, the moons are stars. And instead of playing the Odyssey, you've got a moon theme. It plays the Super Mario 64, you've got a star theme. So, I mean, it's a proper throwback fanservice kingdom you even get the low poly jank mario costume it's like hilariously low poly and low resolution even even the textures on his face are low res
0: so you mentioned to me when you finished the game that there are achievements and there are achievements <laughs> yeah did this make you
1: happy or did this make
0: you sad it made me happy the achievements made me happy but the implementation of the achievements made me sad I don't is it toadette
1: yeah, i think it's toadette.
0: i don't want to keep going to her to check on my achievements i just want them to ping
1: <laughs> i don't know what how to say.
0: do i feel about the achievements being tied to moons that
1: add to the grand total i'm okay with that i'm neutral i think it was funny that it was actually tracking your stats all along it just didn't tell you and then now it's like hey jump 10,000 times
0: but maybe that's how achievements should be done they should be done at the,
1: after the fact they shouldn't be a distraction to completing the game that is true. That is true. Because I do find in games that have public achievements, whether I want to or not, I can't help it but try and get a bunch of achievements. I mean, this was a particular case in like Dishonored, where I played through a pacifist, restricting myself to only certain abilities run because I knew that was the way to get achievements. And was that the most fun way to play the game? I don't know, man, but I felt like I had to do it to get the achievements and this is coming from someone who claims that they don't care about achievements. I just couldn't resist.
0: In that case it was the difference between reloading and continuing the run, and I would reload. <laughs> is this the first time you come across the Master Cup? I don't know how how dist- how which order do these words come in.
1: Yeah, the Cooper Free Ring Master Cup. Yes. I think that All of the like second level challenges unlock after you do the Mushroom Kingdom.
0: I really have a a proper love hate relationship with these free running master cups because I'm filled with dread, but at the same time excited as well. I think originally, when you don't know the controls, you you can't you finish the game and you don't you barely have a good grasp of the controls. I hated these things at the beginning. I hated them because I couldn't really get Mary Rock running as quickly as the gold cooper but towards the end it was fine you know in later kingdoms i loved them
1: the cooper rerunning stuff is quite strange because if you try and do the race the obvious way you will lose it's just about possible to beat the non-master version by doing it the obvious way but you will lose the master version if you try and just go the straightforward approach but having said that the alternate approaches where you take crazy shortcuts or just do massive long jump cap dive things often win by an enormous margin. Like I remember beating even the gold Cooper by like 30 seconds just by just doing something completely different. Like even not, so sometimes a good strategy is to follow the gold Cooper and just execute better. But other times it's like, screw this. I'm just going to do this completely different thing. And it's like literally twice as fast. So there's two
0: things. So you mentioned the the cap dive jump, that's something you really, I remember on finishing the game, we just speculated that it was a hidden move or, you know, it may or may not have been a hidden move that you need in your locker.
1: Yeah, I don't think they actually explicitly tell you that you can do this. It's kind of implied, I guess, because they do talk about throwing the hat and then being able to jump on the hat. But yes, literally, you throw the hat and then you do a dive and the dive will always perfectly land on the hat and get you basically another jump's worth of distance. And then you can throw the hat again and do a dive again. But doing it the second time, you're not allowed to bounce off the hat. So you can't just do it infinitely to traverse horizontally. But you can get a lot further than you would expect by doing this cap dive. And yeah, you really need it. Like, by the end of the game, you just have to internalise all this stuff. And you start just doing it instinctively. Because it is actually quite fiddly. The number of buttons you have to press, you've got to like be running and then doing a jump or a long jump. And then you've got to push Y to throw the cap. Well, I mean, I was pushing Y. I think you could push X as well. That'd be fine. So push the action button. And then you have to then duck and push the action button again to do a dive. And then you've got to then push Y again to throw the cap again. And then push duck and the action button to throw i don't know you can anyway the fact i'm having so much difficulty describing it but you have to just like basically just go and just like push this sequence of buttons perfectly on the controller
0: it's muscle memory yeah it is
1: it is just muscle memory but you end up just automatically doing it the other thing i think that is not really explicitly mentioned the game but you just have to learn to do at some point to do some of the more difficult challenges mario actually has two different running speeds so obviously you can push the stick A different amount and you'll go between like tiptoeing and walking and running but mario's top running speed if you just push the stick is not that high if you do a dive or a long jump or a roll and then keep holding the stick mario will actually run faster and then he'll then after a while of doing that drop back to his normal top speed so if you want to go at his maximum top speed all the time you have to keep repeatedly doing dives or rolls just to keep refreshing that like new speed ceiling and that's another technique that you just have to learn to do but that's from Mario 64 is that right the dive being faster than running is in Mario 64 but I don't think you go at a higher top speed after diving in Mario 64 no you're right I think you just drop back to your normal top speed Are we ready for
0: the dark side
1: yes we're ready for the dark side
0: oh the first thing you do when you get to the dark side is you need to take on the brutals.
1: the dark side is basically a boss rush you arrive on the dark side of the moon is filled with rabbits i don't know if there's just a chinese myth or if it's also a japanese myth but there's the whole thing about like the rabbit that lives on the moon Like rabbits come from the moon or something. Or the moon is filled with rabbits. I don't know. It's definitely a Chinese myth. I don't know if it's also Japanese. But the brutals who are like giant wedding planning rabbits live on the dark side of the moon in a gigantic carrot made of moon rock. And you have to go and fight them. And you can't heal in between. You literally have to do four fights back to back with your three hit points. And then you get a chance to heal and have to do the final fight. At the very top. I thought this was beyond me. It was surprisingly difficult.
0: It's the green brutal that's really hard for me. He's the one
1: who throws... He stacks his hats on top of him. Oh, and he like flops forward and spins round. Yep. Yeah, that was annoying. I was ready to give up here. But you eventually got it done? Yeah, I did. It got easier. As you just got better at the game? Yeah. It's literally just a question of execution. Like, it's not difficult. You just have to not screw up. Like, any of the individual fights, if you were asked to do it without taking a hit, you could do it. But it's a question of doing four of them back-to-back without taking a hit. The good thing is you can do them quickly. Yeah, they do all have, like, a quick kill way of doing them. And you really want that because it's so frustrating. Every time you have to go back and do it again... You can take kids, you just can't take more than three. You can take
0: three... You You can take two. (laughs) Sorry, two.
1: And then, after you've beaten the Brutals on the moon, it unlocks a whole bunch more, what, chimneys, as you'd call them, and doors and other stuff. So, well, some of them are new challenges that are difficult, but others of them are hard-mode versions of challenges from earlier in the game. I think there's three in particular. They're all called something road, right? There's, like, Crumbling Road, Vanishing Road... And invisible road. And these are challenges from earlier in the game. But earlier in the game, you have Cappy. And for all of the dark side versions, you open the door by throwing Cappy onto like a scarecrow. So once you're in there, you don't have Cappy. I didn't even know that. You didn't even know that? Didn't even know that. Because the first time round, I did the hard mode. Yeah, first. yeah, yeah. So same thing. I also did the versions on dark side before I discovered the original versions.
0: I thought I was, just, I was just that much better. I didn't realise that I was hampered or not hampered second time round. Yeah, doing it's like, it the easier way. Yeah,
1: because when you do the easy mode, it's like, wow, this is so much easier. So, like on crumbling road, for example, which is the one where you've got bullet bills shooting at you, you can literally just possess a bullet bill and just like blast your way to the end. Didn't even think to do that. I was so confident doing it the hard way, <laughs> or invisible road where the piranha plants are just yakking up poison. You can obviously just clear up the poison by throwing your hat. You could have possessed a piranha plant. There you go. I don't know if you could actually. No, there's rocks there too so I guess you could. Even though I didn't realise you could do that but I guess you could. I don't know how that would help you but you could. And then vanishing road, you get a scooter. Yes you do. Yes you do. (laughs) So it's way less punishing because you've just got way more time because you move just so much faster. Whereas Vanishing Road without the scooter, you literally have to learn about the two top speeds of Mario and just be continually, like, dolphin diving, rolling to keep your speed up. And then the very frustrating thing is when you long jump into something, you, like, faceplant into it and fall over. And if you do that even once, well, you've already used up too much time. Time to die. Can you rank these three? But By difficulty? Yeah.
0: Hardest first.
1: I think I actually found Invisible Road the hardest it drove me absolutely freaking crazy it's also the one i did first because okay you have to make a lot of very precise jumps to avoid all the poison and this is also the one where i didn't find the secret moon like i knew there must be a secret moon in here but i literally didn't find it and i was just so traumatized by getting even <laughs> the normal moon that i was like screw this, I can't be bothered to try and figure out where the secret one is as well. I only found the secret one by actually going back, finding the easy mode version and being like, huh, that was a hard mode version I didn't realise. And then once I had Cappy, it was way easier to clear it. And then I then found where the secret moon was and thus then went back and did it again. It's easier if you know where the hidden
0: moon is because you get a refresher of hit points.
1: Yes! (laughs) I needed that. Well, I did it without it, because I, I literally didn't realise that's where it was. <laughs> no wonder it was the hardest for you. Yeah, because the, the other ones are just execution of a particular thing. So, rolling on diving for Vanishing Road, and long jumping for Crumbling Road. But the, the Invisible Road was just everything. I found Invisible Road the easiest.
0: <laughs> okay. Execution is much harder for me. I thought, Breakdown Road... The one where the bullet bills are chasing you. Mm, Oh yeah, you're right. It's Breakdown Road, not Crumbling Road.
1: And it's eight long jumps you need to do perfectly. I mean, that's the one where you'd occasionally do a backflip and you'd be like, "Mm, screw this game!
0: Anything more you want to say about those challenges?
1: No, I think I'm good.
0: What else is also in that kingdom? Are the... Hint art? Yeah. I did the ones that were obvious to me. I thought they were cool, but... There was no concerted effort to get through all of them.
1: I haven't really tried to do them. I I noticed that Todette said, you haven't found any Hint art moons. And so I especially went and did one of them <laughs> that, that I thought was obvious, which is like the spot, the difference one of the Lungeon Kingdom was like, well, it's really obvious where to find this moon. And look, the difference is this fork, dude. So I guess I just ground pound there. And it was. But I actually haven't done any of the others. Okay. Yeah, you really don't
0: care about this one as much as the other Mario games.
1: It's it's really funny, but well, we can talk
0: about that at the end. Okay, so upon collecting 500 moons, you can unlock
1: the Darker Side of the Moon. Is it just one moon? Yeah, it's one triple moon you get at the end. So if Dark Side of the Moon was a boss rush, it's similar in that it's an endurance level. But it's not boss fights, it's platforming. It's literally just all execution. There's no puzzles, there's no hidden moons, there's just get to the end. I think I read there are like 15 sections to this. I could believe it, I mean it depends what you count as a section.
0: Okay, I just want to try to give some context to how far I got, that's all.
1: Okay, so let's start listing off the sections as we remember them. So you land on the dark side of the moon. Lots of people from the other kingdoms are there and they're all like, go for it, Mario, you can do it. And Pauline is there singing Jump Up Superstar. The very first thing you have to do is possess a frog and land on a moving platform in low moon gravity, which I actually died on one time. So It's hard because it's slow. Yeah, it's surprisingly difficult. And then if you manage to do that, you go down a pipe. And then the actual challenge proper starts. Because obviously if you die, this is where you get reset to. So the first challenge, there is a weird UFO hat thing spitting out Goombas. And you can just completely ignore this one if you want. Or you can laboriously kill it and it will give you a six heart power up. So that's the first step. And then... Moving metal poles and platforms that sink into
0: lava when you're on them. And you're just navigating those. And then at some point, there are flagpoles which you have to jump between and they're coming up and down as well.
1: And then you get waves of platforms. There's like three heights of like metal platforms shaped like waves and they just are rushing towards you. There's also a few kind of vertical meshes which are just to get in your way of jumping. So you kind of have to just long jump from these Wave platforms rushing towards you, one after the other, until you can make it to the far side. Next is the... I don't know what you call it. A -a podaboo.
0: Podaboo. Lava bubble. Lava bubble. And as you're jumping between these lava pits, there are... are they blades? Yeah, there's like the spiky, spinny, rotating things. Which are spinning over these lava pools.
1: So that makes that interesting. Yeah, you have to kind of jump in between the gaps in these blades. After that, after that, you are a, I can't remember what it's called, the little bud thing that has extendable legs. So you are one of those and you have to kind of make your way up a sequence of platforms while avoiding annoying hedgehog enemies. And it ends with you kind of extending yourself into a cave where there's arguably this is another section. Cold water coming down from the ceiling, and you have to swim through/slash dodge a whole bunch of those weird black fuzzy enemies on a track.
0: This one's interesting because you use the the water to go up. Yes, and and it's frozen water, so you can't use it for too long. Yes, great. Following that, it's Yoshi, and you just have to do side to side jumps to collect coins, and there are other spiky balls to avoid. And then there's a, I would say it's like a, a plant path.
1: Yeah, you hit a switch and it grows one of those like plant paths from the steam gardens. And you have to run along it while also jumping over platforms.
0: But there is one platform which I found really fiddly to jump over.
1: Is this is like the third really high wall. Yeah, because yeah, your flutter jump is not quite high enough to get you over it. So you kind of have to do two jumps. Yeah, it's, it's surprisingly fiddly. You can also divert here and talk to the Sphinx. And if you solve the Sphinx's riddle, it gives you a six heart power-up. So this is a way to refresh your health. Then the next section, which is one you found particularly difficult.
0: Yeah, so it's a scarecrow challenge, so you, you have to give them your hat. So it's a time challenge. You have to navigate the side of this wall.
1: It's like a vertical maze. Yes. So after you throw your hat on the scarecrow... Blocks actually shoot out of the wall and you have to traverse this vertical maze that's being built of blocks shooting out of the wall. And if you get it wrong, the, the block shooting out of the wall will obviously just like push you into the lava.
0: Yeah. So there's two steps. There's the formation of the maze with blocks shooting out of the one, then it'll chase you through the maze. So you've got to do it quickly
1: as well. There is a trick to this. So I only discovered this after finishing Darker Side and watching a whole bunch of YouTube vids because I, you know, I do do some research for these podcasts. And did you notice that when you throw your cap onto the scarecrow, the block that the scarecrow is on actually just flies up into the air? No. So you can throw your cap and hold down the action button so your cap's spinning in place, jump on top of the block the scarecrow is on and let go. And your hat will then spin back towards you, catch on the scarecrow to start the maze off, and the scarecrow block will just move up into the air on top of the maze. So you can skip the whole maze. No. There you go. So now you know the trick. Sorry, spoilers. Anyway, after the maze, to glide on. The glide on, which irritated me greatly. Yes. Yeah, wasn't so that bad? It, it wasn't that bad. know. Yeah, it's actually not. It's actually not that bad. It's just vaguely irritating. So you you got the weird glide on going. Yeah, yay, flying, whatever. And I'm like, oh please, glide on, spare me. Uh, and then glide on, glide on. <laughs> Sorry, it's terrible. <laughs> And then there's a few tornadoes hanging in the air surrounded by flies. And you have to just fly from tornado to tornado while avoiding the flies or actually just tanking the hit from the flies because if you turn too much, you'll just lose too much height and die. And fly to the other side where you have to... It's flick forks I I wrote (laughs) down. That's right. It's flick forks. So it's the weird inhabitants of the Lunction Kingdom that are forks. And you have to flick yourself from one fork to another
0: and the final one is moving it's a moving target
1: yes and the game's actually really cruel and frustrating here because if you miss a fork and land in the lava mario is actually just clutching his butt with both (laughs) hands and he's going oh and as a result his hands are both occupied so you can't throw cappy again so if you miss you're actually just dead
0: i spam that throw cap button sometimes it would let me do it
1: yeah but the timing's a bit off because like While Mario is clutching his buttocks in pain, you can't actually throw the hat. So you can't hit the ground and throw it immediately on the rebound. You've actually got to throw it on the way back down again. Anyhow. The next is. The next is cruel and unusual. You go down a pipe and you appear in another area that's really foggy. And there's a moving platform partially obscured by fog that has one of those things that shoots a ring of fire out. So if you hit it with your cap, it will fire out a ring of fire that will damage you and kill enemies. But also trigger other rings of fire. And you step onto this platform and it starts moving. And other platforms along the path start spawning hedgehogs that just jump at you. And you really want to kill these hedgehogs to get them off the platform. But if you do that, there's a good chance you're going to hit the fire ring generator which is going to trigger another firing generator and soon you'll just end up with this complete cluster of like rings of fire coming at you from all directions and you will just die. Like I actually literally found the best way to get through this area was to just never throw Cappy because the risk of accidentally hitting a firing generator if you threw Cappy was so great it was better just to tank the hit from the hedgehogs because at least then you're going to lose one bit of health rather than trigger off this endless wave of death. I would sometimes just throw Cappy at the very end, just before I was going to get off the platform, just be like, F you hedgehogs, and then nuke them all. Anyway, so you make it through the deadly firing hedgehog fog, and then you get to... Pokyo.
0: And these platforms are moving, that you need to plant yourself into?
1: Yeah, so there's like giant pendulums with wooden boards swinging on them, and you have to catch them by jabbing your beak into them as the, well, the pokey bird. This
0: is where my progress ends. So I'll leave it to you now. So how far did I get? How much
1: more left is there? So, after this, you climb up to the top, and there's a 2D section. It's like a spiral, kind of like it's a circle, and you've got to work your way to the middle, where Donkey Kong is, and you've got to hit the question mark blocks to kill Donkey Kong, and that opens up a path to another pipe and you go through that pipe and you pop up at the far side of where you originally came into this area where in the distance you could see a Bowser portrait. So you jump into that portrait and you are possessing Bowser and you have to do a version of the Moon Escape where rocks are coming towards you and you've got to smash your way through the path. You do actually get a health refresh when you do this. So controlling Bowser just immediately gives you six hearts. And then... You jump off this platform at the end as Bowser and then you'll be back to Mario again. And this is basically it now. Like, you're not going to die unless you deliberately screw up and die. All you have to do is possess one of those electric points and shoot along the wires in the shape of the words, thank you. And then you go through one last pipe and you pop out next to a replica of the new Donk City skyscraper. And you just climb up to the very top. And Cappy is like, you know, being wistful. He's saying, oh, we've had a great journey together. It's been amazing walking a thousand miles on your head. And you collect the triple moon. And that's the end. And your reward for getting it done is the invisibility cap. Which is a hat where when you put it on, it just makes you turn completely invisible. So I'm not that far from the end. No, you're really close to the end. That pokey bird thing is like... The last major challenge. The rest of it is relatively straightforward after that. But that Pokey Bird thing is so fiddly. Yeah. You don't know how bad I am at 2D Mario. Actually, if we're we're going to comment on 2D Mario and the controls, what did you think of 2D Mario in this game?
0: I've never played 2D Mario, except for Mario Maker. So I thought it was fine.
1: I I, I thought it was not fine.
0: (laughs) I thought it was fine. I don't know any better.
1: I found that 2D Mario in this game just controlled weirdly. Like, the momentum just felt off. And I noticed that they really like to try and show off kind of 2D Mario Galaxy, where the gravity changes and you're, like, running around on the moon or running in a circle. I really did not like that in this game. I found the controls really unintuitive, since if you are holding to the right while you're running... And you're running up a wall. For example. Because it's doing the weird Mario Galaxy gravity thing. That is fine. But if you let go. Because you need to stop moving. And then you want to start again. And you push right. Because that's the direction you were holding before. You don't move right. You now have to push up. And I found this incredibly unintuitive. It really felt like the game should remember. The direction you were pressing. And allow you to press either one. But you're. Your brain, as a as someone who's played a lot of computer games, you just never think of pressing up to move what in your mind is right. I don't know. I found these sections... It's it's true, it's true. I found them very frustrating. There were many deaths where they happened because I just pushed what I instinctively felt would be the correct direction. But the game was very literal about, no, you're standing on the wall now, so you should push up. And it's like, to me, it was really unintuitive.
0: There's one challenge where they're spinning discs which have gravity to them and they pull you in and you have to jump between them
1: whilst there are spike balls exactly that's exactly the one that caused most of the frustration because a lot of these you don't have a time limit so it's not actually that bad but that one you had a time limit the 2d background was moving and if you didn't keep up with it you just popped back into 3d and would fall to your doom or on the round parts, the background would be spinning. So you had to move with the spinning background, which meant holding left or right or up or down, whichever direction was the correct direction to press at that moment. And your brain would just be constantly, like, breaking because you'd be trying to do, like, three things at once. You'd be trying to run round while avoiding enemies, while simultaneously remembering which is the correct button to press because it's all right just to hold right. But as soon as I let go, then I have to push a different direction and I have to immediately try and decide, do I push down, do I push up, you know? Annoying. Anyway, that's another rant over.
0: That's it? That's all the kingdoms, right? So, there's stuff we can only
1: talk about at the end, I guess. I think there's just a few things to summarise.
0: I thought how it ramps up the difficulty was just right. Okay. I felt I am definitely better at this game than I was when I started it. Yeah, definitely. And I was never put off, except, except for the darker side. After that point, I was fine.
1: I was making progress. I could see what to do next. Yeah, darker side was literally like Dark Souls. You know, there's the bonfire at the beginning, and then you have to just do this long sequence of perfect execution, and if you die, it's right back to the bonfire. You know, it was quite disheartening. It it was literally... Oh, jeez. It's like a test of endurance. It was like a test of your grit.
0: And I feel if I were to play Dark Souls today, I would have a better framework to work within.
1: Having played Mario Odyssey, now you can appreciate Dark Souls more. Yeah. Well, Dark Souls Remastered is coming out soon for the Switch, so... Anyway. I actually thought Odyssey was surprisingly hard. People often talk about how odyssey is easy and in some ways it is easy like it's very hand-holding everyone's going to get to the end but you know if i actually had to say which is the easier game is it super mario 64 or is it odyssey super mario 64 is in many ways the easier game you never have to worry about your health really in mario 64 you often have to worry about your health in odyssey you only get three hit points by default And you have to heal by using a special heart item. The earlier games in the 3D Mario series, you've usually had more health or the healing has come from coins. And coins are everywhere. So, surprisingly, health management was a much bigger issue in Odyssey than I expected. And that's also what means things like Dark Side and Darker Side as challenges become possible. Did you play the Balloon World? No. I just saw you play it, that's it. I thought the Blooming World was really good. I was surprised they added it on as a freebie. And it adds a surprise... Surprised? Would you have wanted to pay for it? I wouldn't have wanted to pay for it. But it was actually quite a big thing to add on for free. And it adds a surprising amount to the game. Like, it's got its whole own UI and stat tracking. I mean, it's quite a significant addition to the game. It's also a really good way to earn a lot of coins.
0: Did you unlock any expensive costumes?
1: Yes, using the coins I earned from Balloon World. <laughs> like, I didn't buy the skeleton costume, yeah, but, you know, I was buying things like the gold Mario costume, or, like, the Mario Sunshine outfit, or the Dark Souls night outfit. That was cool. I mean, I know it's not really Dark Souls, but wearing that night outfit and standing in the ruined kingdom, you know, it's cool. <laughs> Actually, yeah, so, we, you know, we briefly mentioned the costumes, then... Every world has its own themed costumes, which are fun. But every world has its own inhabitants. So you mentioned the snow world, weird, round, bouncy, seal snowmen. Any others you particularly want to call out? It was just the fork people. (laughs) The fork people? I personally found the mermaids really weird. I just thought they looked wrong in some way.
0: Yeah, they were, yeah, their, their facial features were a bit out of proportion.
1: I, I guess they're just too much like fish. I don't know. Anyway, that's all I have to say about that.
0: What I want to say in summary, I really enjoyed Odyssey because it's like a toy box. It's not like a list of objectives you have to satisfy. To have a, you know, a quest journal, that's, you know, that's just an extreme example. You just have to collect moons and that's it. If you find one moon, that's too hard. You just could do
1: another one. I mean, I kind of thought it was the opposite. I really I really felt like it was a checklist, like it was really linear. So, you know, you arrive, you get the Odyssey, and then, I mean, I guess the the hint is in the name, you know, it's an Odyssey, it's a journey. You have to get this many moons and then move on to the next kingdom, and then get this many moons and move on to the next kingdom. Like, it, it really held your hand all the way up until the end. But it doesn't matter which moons you get. Yeah, it's true. It doesn't matter which moons you get, as long as you're playing in the sandbox that they've given you. They are leading you from one sandbox to the other. I can see what they've done and it is really cute. Like the Odyssey is like your suitcase, you know, it's got like that aluminium finish, like a, like a high end suitcase and you stick stickers on it and you can also spend your purple coins on souvenirs, which go inside the suitcase. You can go and see them in that little tea room inside the hat.
0: I thought it would be more customizable in your choice, but actually everyone's souvenir room is
1: gonna look the same. Yeah.
0: So there's no choices being made. Everyone's buying the same items?
1: I just think I mean I'm I'm never satisfied. What game would satisfy me? I don't know. Just the surprise of it, you know, like you know, what would have made it a ten out of ten game for me, and there were like hints of it, but they didn't follow through, like the Odyssey has a secret entrance when you go through like the smokestack at the back. But it just takes you to the same place as the front door. It's like, I would have loved if you'd been able to go to like the Odyssey's engine room or something and there was like a secret in there or the warp paintings. There are paintings in some of the worlds that teleport you to a different world. And it would have just been so cool if some worlds you could only get to by painting or there were hidden worlds by painting. Like, you know, I would have probably liked it if there was a version of the game, you know, if there was an Odyssey 2 in the same way that they did a Galaxy 2 where they really double down on the painting mechanic, more like Mario 64, where you have like a hub world where you start like the Mushroom Kingdom and there are paintings and they take you to another world and there's no indication of where the next world's going to be. There could be a world that you literally never find unless you do some like well-executed sequence of jumps or you find like this hidden, you know, a hidden painting. But Odyssey, it takes you from world to world. You're never going to miss one. Even when you get a choice... The next time you go to the next world, it just takes you to the other one you didn't pick. So I would have really liked it to be more exploration than just a journey. But, you know, I'm just really fussy like that. It's still like a 9 out of 10.
0: But when you say it like that, you're right. It really does feel like a missed opportunity with the paintings, because the paintings just warp you to another part of another kingdom. It's not it's the same kingdom. You've already been there.
1: Yeah. They take you to another part of another kingdom, and it's generally a bit where the painting's like a one-way door. Like, you couldn't get to that painting from the other side. It's always to a platform it's impossible to get to, unless you went through from the painting, from that other world. And I would have loved it if there were just more general connections to the worlds. I mean, to stretch the Dark Souls analogy to breaking point, it's like the difference between the later Dark Souls games where you have the Lord Vessel and you can walk between bonfires versus the first Dark Souls game where it's all about the exploration of the world and the interconnectedness and finding out ways to get from one place to another. If Mario Odyssey had had more of that grander scale interconnectedness and discovery, I think that's what I'm always looking for And missing in Mario games because the only two that I feel really did it really, really well, or maybe three, Super Mario World, Super Mario 64, and actually Super Mario Sunshine had this greater sense of discovery. So anyway, you can't have everything. I'm just nitpicking. It was still a great game. Is that how you're going to end? Give us Odyssey 2. Give us Odyssey 2 with more paintings okay (laughs) (laughs) sorry
0: (laughs) thank you so much for playing my game
1: so what's next what's next for us so the next book club game is my choice what remains of edith finch it's on pc i'm pretty sure it's on console i actually really know very little about it to be perfectly honest other than that one of bafta what was their previous game Oh, The Unfinished Swan? I haven't played it. Okay, fine. (laughs) So, I know very little about this game, to be honest, other than that it won a BAFTA. And I saw a YouTube vid where Super Bunny Hop, really good YouTube creator, was talking about one of the particular scenarios in this game. And it, it just piqued my interest. So, I think it's quite a short game. So we do it in one episode? Yes, we will. One episode. Finish What Remains of Edith Finch by the next Book Club episode, which is probably about a month's time. All good?
0: All good. We were Lost Levels Club. We still are Lost Levels Club. Please rate and subscribe to us on iTunes. Please, please, please. You can find us on
1: Twitter. At Lost Levels Club. You can find us on email. Mike.Anne.Ting at LostLevels.Club. You can find us on...
0: Reddit slash R slash Lost Lovers Club. You can find us on YouTube. As Lost Lovers Club. And Twitch. As Lost Lovers Club. So Mike, what are you grateful
1: for? Oh <laughs> Why am I always caught off guard by this question? I am grateful for delicious coconut lint. I don't know. I'll do. not know that will do. do he
0: will do he can be grateful for that. That's that's what a normal person would say. That's what <laughs>
1: Okay, then let's go with exciting flavors of Lindor.
0: So Michael says bye. Bye bye.